The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The dead of time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Cat, what happened last week? Hermione went to Hogwarts. She became a... Oh, yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I read ahead, I read ahead, I read ahead, and I was like, no, she hasn't gone to Hogwarts. Yeah, you're right, you're right. She started at Hogwarts, my bad. And you all say, I don't care. (laughs) Continue. Okay, she goes to Hogwarts, and then she gets this stuff from... What's her face? The doctor nurse lady whose name I can't remember right now. Madam Pompey. And Yes. And she's like worried about having dreams. But then she does the thing where Hermione doesn't dream at night because she has dreams of Bellatrix, which who would want to have dreams of Bellatrix? But anyway, so that she goes and lives with the Potters because who didn't see that coming? Me. But anyways, so... <laughs> She goes and lives with them, and then she meets this sort of annoying yet cute, adorable house elf. And it's Tilly. Yes, and then she gets her second Hogwarts letter, but it's like in the future. <laughs> and well, in the future, in the past. Yes, in the future, the past or her yes, future. In the future, her future is in the past. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did so good. Also, um, I was hoping to get a chance to listen to episode my recording of episode three before we started this so I could repeat the voices exactly, but uh, we recorded in such a high-level audio type that my computer is incapable of playing it. <laughs> so uh, I gotta wait until Hannah Beth edits it. So I'm going to try for continuity here, people, but uh, no promises. So, let's see. We started on chapter 15 was episode 1. Chapter 16 was episode 2. 17 was episode 3. So, we are on episode 4, and that makes it chapter 18? Yes. Yes. Okay. Chapter 18. Live your life. Live your life. August. Oh. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's the only song I know for the only line I know from that song without it playing, anyways. Yeah. My dog didn't. Wait, in that song, does she say I'm a big butt kisser? Because that's what I think she says, but I don't think she actually says that. I don't know. Fans, fire whiskers. What does she say? Rihanna, Rihanna, Riri, whatever you call her. Rihanna. Fenty, whatever. It's Rihanna, not Rihanna. Oh, my God. Honestly, she's a nightmare. No wonder she ain't got any friends. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Read. Hermione slept, or August 2nd, 1971. So, next day. 
Hermione slept soundly, without dreams, and awoke rested and bleary-eyed in the comfort of a large four-poster bed. Confused at first, uh... Oh, sorry. Confused at first at the feel of the bed that was so different from the smaller one in her room at Grimmauld Place, Hermione struggled to take in her surroundings. She studied the large room from right to left, her gaze coming to a halt on the silhouette of a figure standing before her in a blaze of sunshine. The figure leant closer, and Hermione blinked to see a head of messy black hair. She smiled, stifling a yawn. Hmm, Harry? She murmured in her sleepy state. Who's Harry? A vaguely familiar but still strange voice replied. Hermione's eyes snapped open and she blinked rapidly to clear her vision. She stared up into the face of a young boy with familiar black hair that stood up so high on the back that she could see it from her position in front of him. Instead of the sparkling emerald eyes she had grown so used to over the past seven years, she saw her reflection in hazel brown. This was not her Harry. 1971. Hermione drew in a sharp breath as everything came flooding back. The crimson box in the Black family library, the time-turner turn... Uh, charmed into a portkey, the letter from Remus, meeting with a very much alive Albus Dumbledore, Madame Pomfrey, and a de-aging potion, fluing into a large manor and meeting the Potters in that incredibly bossy house elf. And now, there was a boy standing at the side of her bed, staring at her with a curious gaze and a crooked smile. So, you're my new sister, huh? Who are you? She screamed and twisted violently away from the opposite, to the opposite side of the large bed. This translated, apparently, to an invitation for the boy to climb up onto the mattress with her to get a closer look. <laughs> Not quite psycho, he's a little young. She held up her hands defensively, flexing her fingers when she remembered how much smaller her limbs were again, thanks to the de-aging potion. Wait! She looked at the boy closely, shocked at the nearly identical resemblance to her best friend. How had she not assumed... 1971, Potter Manor. She gasped, bringing one hand to her mouth. You're James! Oh my goodness, you... you look... James grinned smugly. Handsome, dashing, brilliant. Hermione let out a loud laugh, shocked by how genuine it sounded. She had not had a good laugh since this whole fiasco began. She smiled at him. His strong resemblance to Harry and his apparent lack of understanding in regards to personal space made him somewhat endearing. You look like a right mess is what you do. Do you even own a brush? She subconsciously reached up to smooth his hair as she had done to Harry for the past seven years, unable to stop herself from doing so, as though her muscles acted on their own. You're one to talk, James laughed, reaching a hand up to shake out his hair, making it look twice as bad. He then ruffled her locks, teasingly. I think I see a bird somewhere in your hair. Can you hide snacks in that mane of yours? Never thought to, she scowled, almost taking the chance to properly scold the boy for talking to an adult like that. But then she remembered that she was no longer an adult. Her mind held the memories of a 19-year-old witch from 1998. What are you knocking over, you old butthole? Oh, you look all sad now. Sorry, my child is knocking over plastic toys and licking my wrist. I would also like to make it clear that my child is a dog and not a human. <laughs> Just in case you didn't already know that. Now you're licking my watch. It's going to be gross. All right. Uh, but she was now 
in fact, an 11-year-old girl living in 1971. Well, since you don't, can I hide snacks in there? He asked with a grin. Seems more convenient than weighing down my pockets. She rolled her eyes. No, you cannot hide sweets in my hair. It's like that scene in The Hot Chick where Adam Sandler's like, you can put your weed in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like every single thing they pick up, you can put your weed in there. Like, really? (sighs) Really stupid movie, but pretty funny if y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I feel like that's a very easy way to explain literally Adam, every Adam Sandler movie ever. And it's pretty dumb, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> she rolled her eyes. No, you cannot hide sweets in my hair. He laughed again. The sound a joyous one, unlike Harry's, which always seemed to come out like a relieved surprise, as though he were continually, continually shocked that he was able to find humor in life. James, however, was completely unburdened. Like, how sad of a comparison is that? Because James clearly had such a happy childhood and can laugh carefree, whereas Harry literally grew up just abused constantly and just was almost surprised that he was able to be happy. Wow, that's Voldemort's fault. Preach. Look at us, being siblings already. Always wanted a little sister, he said, leaning back against the headboard. He rested his hands behind his head, making himself comfortable. Hermione gathered that his parents had informed him of her apparent adoption. She was shocked to see that he was reacting quite well to the news. "'When's your birthday?' she asked. "'27th of March.'" Whoop, whoop! Birthday! Sorry. I, that's why I want to name my firstborn child James. Firstborn boy child. Not going to be all Ryan Reynolds on it. Oh, so that's why you married Jimmy. Uh, that honestly may have played a role when he was like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind having a third. I'm like, what? You want to name your first boy James? Done! Let's get married. I mean, there was more to it than that, but that did not play an insignificant role. Well, mine's the 19th of September, so technically I'm older than you. Little brother, she teased. Unaffected by her news whatsoever, James shrugged as he sat up a bit. Technically, Mum said that we're to tell everyone that you're my twin sister, and insisting that I was born first. And I'm insisting that I was born first. After all, I was here first. He tossed his head back confidently, nearly smacking it into a headboard, as though he had already won the argument. Twins? She raised an eyebrow. We don't look a thing alike. That's your issue? James snorted loudly. Considering that I woke up this morning to my parents telling me that I had a brand new twin sister and, oh, don't tell anyone that Albus Dumbledore dropped her off, I think I'm handling this pretty well. And your problem is that we don't look alike. But hey, if you don't want a brother, fine. Not like I'm heartbroken or anything, he said, feigning a pout. (laughs) You're making faces. Is he not great? Yeah, he's like the sassy Harry you get in the books, but not really in the movie. This is where he gets it from! Yeah. Now I'm very annoyed that that's not in the movie. Of course, right? I learned that all of this from a podcast, but anyway. Thanks, Potterless. No, I- I'm... I'd like a brother, she said, the words bringing a hint of pain with them as she thought about Harry. Harry was gone, but James, Harry's father, looked so much like him it hurt to stare at him for too long. 
James, noticing her shift in mood, frowned and paused a moment before reaching across the bed, yanking on a lock of her hair. Ow! Hermione snapped, narrowing her eyes at him. What was that for? Well, we're siblings now, and I feel like I've missed out on some really good pigtail-pulling years with my sister. She glared and rubbed the sore spot on the side of her head. Remember that when I said, er, getting further along before I have these flubs, people, getting better. She glared and rubbed the sore spot on the side of her head. Remember that when I hexed that mop of hair off your head. Can't hex me without a wand, and by next week I'm sure you'll have gotten over it. I have a very forgivable face. Mum says so. He was incredibly arrogant, and Hermione could not help but chuckle at his confidence. What's next week? James beamed with excitement. We're all going to Diagon Alley to get our wands and stuff for Hogwarts. Oh, I didn't even realize. She knew that she would be returning to Hogwarts and that her wand was left behind in 1998, but Hermione had forgotten she would need to get a new one if she planned on attending Hogwarts again. What? Think you can do magic without a wand? Hermione chuckled again, knowing that she could, in fact, do just that. Unlike older and more powerful witches and wizards like Professor McGonagall, Sirius, and Remus, Hermione could only do such magic under great stress, but she had been getting better with Sirius's tutelage. Do you ever shut up? she asked James. Very rarely, he answered, clearly unoffended by her jab. Get up. Mum sent me in here to tell you that breakfast is ready. He bounded from the side of the bed and headed towards the door. Hermione smiled. Good. I'm starving. He stopped in his tracks, his hand on the doorknob. Oh, hey, since you're going to be my little sister and all, I think there's something important you should, I should know. What's that? What's your name? You don't even know my name? Your parents didn't tell you my name? Hermione asked in disbelief. Your parents told you that you have a brand new sister and you wake her up, jump on her bed, pull her hair, and you don't even know her name? What was wrong with him? Didn't he even have one suspicious bone in his naive, scrawny body? Eh, they may have mentioned it. I heard sister and twin. But then Tilly showed up with breakfast, he explained, scratching his head. Hermione. He raised a brow. What? She smiled sweetly. My name is Hermione. That sounds fake. Her mouth fell open. It's not fake. That doesn't sound like a real word. Hermione scowled at him. It's not a word, it's my name. It's a mouthful, is what it is, he said, chortling. I'm going to call you Maya. Having a brief flashback to her short-lived relationship with Victor, Hermione slowly enunciated, Hermione. James blinked at her, or blinked as he replied in a similar tone. Hermione. Maya. See? Hermione growled pinning him with glare she normally reserved just for Harry and Ron, and sometimes serious. I don't like nicknames. I don't like bossy sisters. Clearly, we've both been shorted by this family, James shrugged, unaffected by her sour mood and her glaring. That would pose a problem down the line, she supposed. My name is Hermione Granger, she said firmly, already forgetting how her Hogwarts letter had been addressed. Wait a second flag on this play yes didn't Dumbledore tell her not to tell anybody what her name was 
Yes, but considering James Potter dies before Hermione Granger ever finds out she's a witch, it's not as huge of a deal. He told her not to tell anybody future stuff. And you all say I don't care. Knowledge bomb. <laughs> okay, but... to be fair, it was like two people. Two people think you don't care out of the five or six hundred who listen to this. So minuscule, minuscule amount. And also, if you disagree with them, go ahead and review us on Apple Podcasts. Whoop, whoop. Anyway, moving forward. And sometimes <clears throat> we go a long time without recording. So That's I forget. True. Sometimes we go like straight up three Do you weeks. know how <laughs> many articles and studies I read all the time? Do you know how much can fit in this brain? No. Not much. Shut up. <laughs> it's okay. I literally have memory loss. So. Ooh, speaking of, I get electrodes hooked up to my brain later this week. Yeah, in case you all don't know, Claire is Dory. What? <laughs> just, oh, I saw a boat. Just... Where? Where? Oh, over here. Who are you? <laughs> oh, I saw a boat. It was over here. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so glad Ellen DeGeneres won that award. Anyway, moving forward. Back to dead of time. <laughs> uh, uh, I like to thank my husband, Mark. Like, really? Oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> Her fucking wife's just sitting there like, am I a joke to you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I loved it because she was making fun of, like, everybody that gets up there. It's like, kids, go to bed. <laughs> like, like, they just see, Ricky Gervais really gets me. Thank your mama, your fans, and Jesus, and get off the stage. Yeah, I think it was, uh... God damn it. No, it was, so thank your producer, your God and get off and fuck off yeah pretty much how i feel and we've been saying that for years but dead of time <laughs> potter james corrected her she blinked what your name is hermione potter maya potter actually potter i'll i'll have to get used to that you're my sister james said with a genuine smile looking at her in a way that reminded her so much of Harry that it hurt, but she still smiled back at him. And that makes you a potter. Hermione's nose stung as she felt tears well up. Wasn't it just last night that Harry had told her the same thing? It's sad. Okay, fine, be heartless and not be affected god who are you shia shia literally asked the group to send her things that would make I her cry saw that. nothing worked there you are dear doria smiled up at hermione from the large dining room table as she entered the room behind james hello again mrs potter mr potter hermione blinked at james with wide eyes when he pulled out her chair for her surprised that a boy who had tugged her hair just minutes ago upstairs was being a perfect gentleman. She eyed the Potter parent, who smiled proudly at their son, and acted as if his actions were not anything out of the ordinary. "'Well, we should probably skip right ahead and have you start calling us Mum and Dad,' Charles suggested with a kind smile, and Hermione's chest tightened. "'No sense in living a double life now. It'll just get confusing. Besides, we've made it perfectly clear that you're family now.' It's okay if you don't want to talk about what happened before. Albus wasn't very forthcoming about the details, just that there was a young lady who needed a family. I've always wanted a little girl, Doria admitted with a gleam in her eye, and Hermione could not help but be overwhelmed by their instant acceptance of her. James scoffed. Thanks, Mum. 
Charles smirked at the boy. Eat your breakfast, son. Albus left some parchments for us to sign and to send to the records division at the ministry in order to officially make you Hermione Potter, Doria explained as she sipped at her morning tea. Maya, James blurted out after swallowing a mouthful of porridge. What's that? Charles looked up from his morning paper. Her name's Maya. I hate nicknames, Hermione repeated, narrowing her eyes at James. Doria, Doria beamed at both of her children. I think it's cute. Maya's a lovely name, she said to Hermione. If you'd like, we can still call you Hermione, Charles assured her. I'm not going to, James shrugged as he placed half the dish of sausages onto his plate. She's Maya now. Fine, Hermione teasingly glared at him. Jamie. Well, that's... James frowned, rolling the name over and over in his head before nodding. Actually, I think I quite like it, Hermione bristled. I'm glad you two are already getting along. If you have need of anything, Hermione, please let us know, Doria insisted. Thank you, Mrs. Uh, Mum, Hermione swallowed, the word sounding artificial in her mouth. I think I'm okay right now, just adjusting, I suppose. It's been a strange few days, she admitted quietly, letting her previously polite smile fall from her face. No frowning now, Doria said immediately. I know you've had some hardships lately, but we're potters, and we push on. You take what happens, learn from it, and bravely move forward. Courage and craft, Hermione whispered. What's that mean? Potter house words. Okay. It's on the bracelet that Sirius gave Oh, her. yeah. There you go. Light bulb. Light bulb. Lightning bolt. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's what we're going to start calling it. Impressed, Charlie said, house words. I hope I can live up to them. Hermione smiled tightly. Fingering the bracelet around her wrist, glad that none of the potters appeared to have noticed it thus far. If they did, they didn't care. Perhaps they assumed that Dumbledore had given it to her. She was worried that they would accuse her of stealing, especially, especially since she had only known them for less than a day. Sirius just had to give her a potter heirloom on her birthday. It would be difficult to explain how she knew their grandson. Charles grinned proudly. I think she'll be a Gryffindor. Of course she will. All potters are Gryffindors, James rolled his eyes, as if the point were moot. Doria folded her arms across her chest. I wasn't. Well, you weren't fortunate enough to be born a potter, dear, Charles teased. Don't you mean fortunate for you? Doria winked at him. What house were you in? Hermione asked politely, reaching for a piece of toast in front of her. I was in Slytherin, dear, Doria explained. Gasp. Really? Nothing? So she was in Slytherin. Big freaking deal. I love you. You're such a wonderful person. Thank you. Also, who else important is a Slytherin? Besides Draco. Hint. Hint. It's the author of this story. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's why she can't cry. <laughs> yeah and that's why you and i cry all the time 
fucking Hufflepuff and claws. We have hormones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hermione's eyes went wide. Harry's grandmother was in Slytherin. Sneaky little snake tricked me into our first date. Charles scooted his chair closer to his wife, reaching for her hand, which she casually allowed him to take, a devious smile on her lips. Are you complaining? Doria asked. Not a bit, he smiled flirtatiously, kissing her wrist. Hermione chuckled and glanced at James, who was rolling his eyes. Don't worry, Maya. Mum was the only good Slytherin to ever come out of the snake pit. Don't start causing trouble already, James. Doria shook her head and sighed as she released Charles's hand, picking up her cup of tea. There's already enough animosity between the houses. I won't have you walking into that school and being a problem child. <laughs> Good thing she didn't meet her grandson, huh? Right. James widened his bright eyes and stuck out his bottom lip as he stared at his mother. Does this look like the face of a problem child? It looks like a cursed child to me. Oh! Fuck you. Don't give me that innocent look, James Charles Potter. Daria's eyes narrowed into slate gray slits. I know better by now. Speaking of innocent, you better be exactly that when we go to Diagon Alley tomorrow. James looked surprised but excited. I thought we were going to Diagon Alley next week, he asked, as he refilled both his and Hermione's pumpkin juice from the carafe, oblivious of her astonished reaction. She'd never seen a boy do such a thing without an ulterior motive. Doria sighed in mild frustration. No, we told you last week that we were going to go this week, tomorrow, in fact. Charles, are you sure he's ready to go to Hogwarts on his own? Poor boy might get lost on the train or fall into the lake. No one falls into the lake, Charles laughed. Hermione joined in, chuckling at the menu. Menu. Fuck, I'm hungry. Chuckling at the memory of a young Dennis Creevy who had actually had fallen into the lake on the inaugural boat ride to the sorting ceremony. And nobody ceremony. thought anybody would fall into a whomping willow, but look at that, so. <laughs> yeah. Tilly appeared, clearing away plates and levitating new dishes to the table, refilling cups that the potters had not refilled themselves. The small family smiled at her, all saying words of gratitude as she moved around the table with a determined air. Tilly's young master will not fall in the lake, she insisted. Tilly taught him to swim. Oh, yes, she did. Tilly, James said with a pout, Mum's not sure I'm ready to go to Hogwarts. He let his pout turn into a grin, and Hermione furrowed her brows, recognizing the look. It was the same look Harry got whenever he and Ron planned on sneaking out of the castle beneath the cloak. Tilly suddenly turned on Doria. With a fierce voice, she said, Tilly's young master will go to Hogwarts. Young Master is the smartest wizard, brave, and valiant. They let Young Master into Hogwarts to be the greatest wizard. She left a silent, or else, hanging in the air. Hermione stared at the scene, only ever having heard a house elf speak like that before when Sirius and Creature were in a row. Those never ended well. However, Charles was chuckling under his breath. Daria seemed only mildly put out, and James looked smug at Tilly's endorsement. Well, now Hermione was certain she knew who was responsible for James' abundant self-confidence. I can't believe you turned a house elf against your mum, she quietly scolded him. Our mum, James corrected, throwing her a crooked smile. Hermione smiled, shaking her head, reaching for her empty plate as she stood. 
Tilly got to the plate at the exact same moment and sent Hermione a challenging look. Tilly will take young Miss's plate. Hermione pulled the plate back with a frown. Tilly, I can clear away my own plate. Tilly persisted, however, though rather than fake fake the tears of the night before that Hermione was prepared to ignore this time, the house elf began growling. Wide-eyed, Hermione promptly released the plate. Tilly took the plate and beamed with the same sudden affection she had shown James not moments earlier. Young Miss is the smartest witch. She goes to Hogwarts soon with the young master and will make her house so proud. Yes, she will. She stomped her little foot at the end of her decree and vanished with a soft pop, taking Hermione's empty plate with her. I've never seen an elf so... Hermione began, still in shock. Overbearing, Charles suggested with a hearty chuckle. She's been like that since about a week after moving into the manor. So happy to be here that she overdid everything. I didn't grow up with house elves myself, so I was used to doing most things on my own, just like you, he revealed. When he smiled at her, Hermione could not help but feel better. I learned quickly not to get in her way. The third time she caught me hanging up my own robes, she threatened to bite my hand. (laughs) Sorry. I'm trying to imagine like a growling house elf, like a. It's like that clicking noise in Alien. Okay, I'll stop. I actually don't know what the sound sounds like in Alien because I don't think I've ever actually watched any of them. But judge me. I will judge you. Daria laughed at the memory and regarded Hermione affectionately. It's true, so get used to her love, and try not to let it go to your head. She dipped her head to her son with a knowing smile. I don't know what you're all talking about. Tilly's a genius, James shrugged and drained his pumpkin juice. I'll keep an eye on him at Hogwarts, Hermione offered, looking at James with a smirk. I'm sure his head will deflate a little without Tilly there to dote on him. Charles smiled, leaning in conspiratorially. Conspiratorially? Nah. You're officially taking on the position of sister? Courage and craft, Hermione repeated her new house words, taking on the, uh, no, fuck. Yielding to the circumstances she had been forced into, or maybe lucked into. I'm a potter now. Something tells me that looking after him will come with the new name. You're a good girl, Hermione. Doria said proudly. Hermione swallowed hard and turned to smile at James. Maya. I think I'd like to be called Maya. James threw his fists into the air in a sign of victory. So this is a fairly important transition because Hermione, Hermione, Hermione and Maya are essentially different people. Because Hermione grew up kind of swatty, only child, muggle-born, grew up getting teased, and had, like, this complex that essentially forced her to be the best at everything because she didn't want people to think she was lesser just because she was born to a muggle family. Whereas this time, she's going to come in as a pureblood. She's not going to be stressed out because she's already fucking done it all, so she doesn't need to study as hard. And she's going to be a little more laid back. I think, than we're used to seeing Hermione. So while Hermione was kind of stick-up-her-butt, bookworm, nerd, 
you know, nervous breakdown over exams kind of person. Maya's a little more chill. So like me the first time I went to college versus me the fifth time I went to college. She laughs because it's true. You've only been to college three times. Um, Florida Keys Community College, University of Central Florida. Back to Florida Keys Community College for nursing school. Cochise Community College in Arizona. And George Mason University in Virginia. Uh, That's five. I didn't know about the Arizona thing. Yep. Yeah, 12 years of college. <laughs> I... Oh, yeah, wait, never mind. You've been in college longer than I was. Actually, well, I started before you did, but nah, it balances now. After breakfast, Hermione retired to her room where she... I swear to Christ, I thought I said Alexis in my head. Did I say Alexis? When? Instead of Hermione. I don't know. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, we're just going to start over. <laughs> Fuck it. Thinking about my sister for some reason. Well, as long as you don't say Maggie when you read Mia, we're fine. Maya. Whatever. After breakfast, Hermione retired to her room where she was forced into an incredibly large bathtub via a very pushy house elf. She was only allowed to scrub herself because she promised to let Tilly brush her hair when she was done. Hermione was glad for it in the end as Tilly took to her bushy locks with determination, taming the curls into submission and promising to look for a spell that would make it easier next time. Hermione wished her luck in that. New handmade robes waited for her, set out on a lar- on her large four-poster bed in a variety of beautiful colors. She smiled as she touched them, never having imagined she would casually wear something so fine in all her life. She hated to be doted upon like this, but she couldn't help but feel grateful for the potters who brought her into their home with such ease and no awkwardness at all. For all they knew, her family could have been slaughtered by Death Eaters, and yet they treated her like any other child, like their own child. You and James skipped treated... a whole entire sentence. Did yeah, I? because after no awkwardness at all, you should have said other than Tilly, but you skipped to for all they knew. Oh. God damn it. No awkwardness. No aw- <laughs> awkwardness. God damn it. Fuck. No awkwardness at all. Fuck. Now I completely lost my spot because I looked away. I don't know what the fuck's happening. Where's my dog? <laughs> Other than Tilly. Other than Tilly, none of them coddled her or pitied her. For all they knew, her family could have been slaughtered by Death Eaters, and yet they treated her like any other child. Like their own child. And James treated her like a sister already. It almost felt like she was with Harry, though he lacked the knowledge of pure-blood etiquette that had been instilled in James since birth. Hermione wondered how much of that would change when they went to Hogwarts and he was no longer under the gaze of his parents. A part of her could not wait to see. The thought surprised her, and she swallowed a note of anxiety that threatened to push its way in, torn between wanting to get to know James better and knowing what the future held in store for him. Damn, bro. Can you imagine being like, damn, I got a whole new family. Damn, they're like all dead right around the time I'm born. (laughs) Hurts. After dressing in the new robes that Tilly made for her, she reached beneath the mattress of her bed and pulled out the folded parchment that Remus had left her in the crimson box. She read it again, over and over, frowning at the words. A part of her was still quite angry that she had not been consulted. 
her wor- his words were easy enough to decipher. I'm only following the instructions of someone who understood time far better than I ever did. You needed to go back. Remus had sent her back because she had already been back. If Remus and Dumbledore were right, and time was a loop, then sometime in his past, Hermione, or Remus had met Hermione and discovered her secret about the time-turner. She must have told him how she arrived in 1971. Remus had likely been torn over his orders, this mission, and Hermione figured out that it must have been her who begged him long ago to make sure she was eventually sent back. Yes. You're waving your hands at me. Why are you... Why are you going crazy? Words. Big girl words. That makes so much sense now. Oh my god. No, because in the, in the one movie, I forget which number it is, where uh, Peter Pettigrew comes back, doesn't he say something to Hermione about, how do you think she's been getting to classes this whole time or something, and then he knew, I never picked up on that, and now that makes sense. You realize he knew that because he was Scabbers rat, Scabbers the rat, and saw her using the time turner. No, he did say that it was like serious oh. or um, what's his I face? Think, no, Hermione said that in the hospital wing. She was like, "This is how things." Yeah, but when they're in that ghetto room with the bed, I swear he says something about how do you think Hermione's beginning to classes this whole time. No, he doesn't say anything about Hermione getting to... Also, this is fan fiction. It's not referenced in the fucking They're movies. They're free and on demand right now. When I'm done with my practice dissertation proposal, I'm going to freaking fast forward to that scene. I'm going to record it and I'm going to send it to you and prove it. Please do. Please do. Ugh. I got so excited. I thought you were about to be like, oh my god, now it totally makes sense why Remus and... Sirius and Tonks were constantly fucking whispering about Hermione. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Every time I get proud of you, you're a constant disappointment. Oh my god. Sounding like Walburga Black. I'm that kind of mother. <laughs> it's fine. Hermione figured out that it must have been her who had begged him long ago to make... I like how I just immediately jump into shit. I feel like it sounds like we cut it really awkwardly, but it's literally just me jumping back into it. You look like John Lennon with those glasses. <laughs> I live in a little town in Africa, and I know who Paul McCartney is. <laughs> it's still fucking great. <laughs> Hermione figured out that it must have been her who begged him long ago to make sure she was eventually sent back. But why? If not to end the war early, if war, war, did I say war? War. Word. War. Word. If not to send the war, Jesus fucking Christ, I'm adding letters where there aren't any. Bird. If not to end. Bird. God, now I want to watch Bambi. No, you have Disney Plus. You can. I cannot. Well, it's because I stole it from my neighbor. With their permission. Disney Plus, if you're listening and would like to sponsor us, I need an account. (laughs) We'll trade decals for Disney Plus access. (laughs) If not to end the war early, 
if not to destroy Voldemort before he grew into power, if not to save so many lives, then what? Live your life. Enjoy your life. YOLO. Preach. Carpe diem for idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Was that the reason? Was Remus somehow giving her a second chance at life? Was this her reward for all of her efforts in the war? A normal childhood with a chance to grow up in the wizarding world without being knocked aside due to prejudice? She had been gone less than a full day and somehow she already had been gifted with a family and a brother and a chance to experience Hogwarts without the need to fight trolls and three-headed dogs and basilisks and Death Eaters and Voldemort. Dumbledore told her that Remus's letter was her guide now. Guide, not God. It's your God now. I'm the captain now. <laughs> Dude, one of my old co-workers got put in charge one day and literally put that fucking meme all over the office. <sighs> okay, come on. I got 30 okay. minutes. Let's go. Okay, you got 30 minutes. All right, we're almost done. We're almost done. <sighs> Hermione sucked in a deep breath and let it out. She could do this. She would use the letter as her guide. She would live her life as instructed by Remus and Dumbledore. She would try to enjoy her life, but Hermione Granger's life came with baggage. Baggage that she could not carry here in 1971. So, she would do the only thing she could do. Her attention was drawn to a mirror that hung on the wall, and she examined her reflection with a nod of acceptance. She would leave the baggage with Hermione Granger and start fresh, as Maya Potter. Maya spent her first day as a Potter getting a tour of the ancestral manor and a history lesson on her adopted family. Doria was a skilled witch who exuded intellect and grace, but somehow still clung to that piece of mischief that lingered in her gaze. Charles, not knowing how much Maya was privy to about the wizarding world, attempted to educate her. She did little to stop him, as it was an opportune time to bond with the man whom their world would see as her father. How are people not going to ask questions about me? She asked him as they strolled through the family orchards. Uh, which reminded her a great deal of the ones in the Weasleys' backyard, back garden. Well, we're the last of the Potters, Charles explained. When Doria and I married, a good many of the other pureblood families weren't too pleased with it. Her mother had wanted her to marry into one of the two other fam- into one of two other families, but her father loved her and let her choose her own husband. He let a smug expression cross his features. I like to think that she chose well. Maya smiled. I do too. Well, when we married, most of Daria's family cut ties with her, and my parents died the year after. I worked from home for a long while, and it took me years and years before and it took years and years before we had James. By then we had the uh, by the time we had the Potter heir, he said with a roll of his eyes. Society didn't care much about what we were doing. People we went to Hogwarts with had all had their children right out of school, so it wasn't hard to fit in with the crowd after James was born. We didn't even publicly announce his birth. I didn't want Daria's family causing trouble, you see. People know the Potter name, and we've purposefully kept to ourselves. Daria does her tra- charity work, and I've uh, consulted here and there over the years, but people who know that we have a son would be embarrassed to think they'd forgotten we also had a daughter, so they'll never question it. Is James going to be upset when he finally figures out that no one in the world knows who he is? Maya asked with a wry smile. Charles shook his head with a chuckle. Your brother creates his own world, and in it, 
He's the highest ranking authority. We'll see about that. She was all too eager to take her new brother down a few pegs once they got to Hogwarts. Meals were served in the formal dining room at the long oak table, though each member of the Potter family all sat at one end, close enough to pick off one another's plates, something that Charles and James did constantly, despite Doria and Maya's objections. After dinner, the family gathered in the drawing room where Doria and Charles watched their children play game after game of exploding snap, talking constantly about their eagerness to attend Hogwarts in less than a month. When Tilly announced it was time for bed to get or time for the family to get some rest, Maya practically ran to her room, taking off her robes and throwing on her nightdress swiftly in order to make sure that the house elf did not do it for her. When Tilly came in later to see if Maya had need of anything, she grinned at her as though she were a challenge. Instead of fighting her new young miss, Tilly wished Maya sweet dreams. But, as much as Maya Potter wanted to set aside the baggage of Hermione Granger, the two identities were still of the same entity, and just a few hours into the night, Maya began to scream in her sleep. Please, don't hurt them, no, please, no! Maya, Maya, are you all right? Let him go, please, please let him go! Her mattress dipped, the motion slightly drawing her out of her nightmare, and when she felt hands on her shoulders, she startled, fully awake. It's okay, he patted her head affectionately. It's just a nightmare. You're safe. Harry? Maya whispered. There was a long pause. It's James. Maya looked up at him, tears still welling in her eyes. Jamie? Yeah. It's me. He looked down at her with a sympathetic gaze, and in the dark she could almost mistake the hazel color of his eyes for green. Her tears overflowed and a bubble of pain burst inside of her chest as she cried, reaching out to hug him close to her, sobbing quietly in his arms. It's okay, Maya. James patted her on the back when she hugged him tight. I've got you now. You're fine. I'll, I'll protect you now. Boom. End of the chapter. Yes. What you think? It's cute. Yeah. How do you like James? He's very sassy. He is sassy. I I feel like he's what Harry should have been had he not, you know, grown up with psychopathic aunts and uncles. Yeah, and he is what I would imagine... Um, Who's the kid with the camera who only got, like, a couple words? If we would have gotten more of him, he would have been like that, probably. Colin Creevy. Yep. But, but yeah, so now we're getting into the meat and potatoes. Well, not really. We're on, like, the salad course of the Marauder era. But I'll tell you right now. Tilly and Daria are straight up two of my all-time favorite characters in any fanfiction ever. Like, Jamie, great. Charles, amazing. Great dad. Doria is everything I hope to be as a mother someday. Like, okay. Clearly. Sorry. Yeah, I know. You gotta go. But I have to get into the room so I can share my screen and put everything up. Okay. Okay. Well, you go do that. I love you lots. Be good, my babies. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, two seconds, two seconds, two seconds, two seconds. Hold on. Patreon, Patreon, yeah. Patreon, Patreon. Fuck, 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 fuck. Wow. Uh, I need to say something other than fuck. 
Muggle, 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 Muggle. Well, there's some interesting names we got there. <laughs> All right. So we'd like to give a big shout out to our Fox level, uh, producer level Patreons. We give a shout out to Carissa Horton, Krista Ryder, Ashley Thurman, Brittany Lopez. No, it is Brittany Tribble. You changed it. I knew she changed it. She told me she was going to change it. I wasn't sure if it was going to show up. Brittany Tribble, Claire Luciano, Elise Wolfson, Jillian Foles, Martina, Miranda Eskew, Sophie Segator, Amanda Zercher, Ashley Enstrom, Laura Rivers. And I believe we also have some new ones coming in. Sorry, guys. Kat has to do important things. So I want to get through this really quickly. Holy crap. We got a new donor within the last six hours so that's super exciting all right we'd also like to give a thank you to our three new foxes sarah grisham olivia amoroso and kelly and we'd also like to give a shout out to our two stags and a wolf our stags are caitlin and oh i'm gonna butcher this name royce and burn and our new wolf heather nicholson thank you so much guys we really appreciate everything you do and we're glad to have you be a part of our patronage Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed your Fire Whisker Friday. Peace. Ciao. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire Whiskey and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday. For those of you in the Fire Whiskey and Honey group, that is my blaze. But Your blaze. My blaze, the beanie. One of my one of my friends from Mason, I've sent you his stuff before, he's really funny, but he comes across very similarly to how Blaze the Beanie does in a lot of fan fictions, to the point where I even wrote a little one-shot, one-chapter story where I took conversations I've had with him verbatim and just put them into dialogue between Blaze and Hermione, and it was great. Oh, the anyway. same guy that kept sending you musical instruments. Yeah, the motherfucker who sent... I... Story time. I mentioned that my husband had found a annoying app that allowed him to go... Bah, 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 and then he would immediately go, DJ Khaled! <laughs> and he did that. So many times. Uh, and it was, bow, 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 DJ Khaled. She, she married him because he's male me, because that's something I would do. It is something you would do. But anyway, I made the horrible mistake of venting this to my friend, my one of my best guy friends. And Hannah Beth, I really think this actually should stay in the episode. Just clip it, throw it at the end. Deuces, folks. This guy, the deuces piece of, you're welcome. The fuck, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Anyway, so... I complain. 
And my friend, who we'll continue calling Blaze, was like, damn, it'd be really unfortunate if he started to get more annoying things. And I'm like, yeah, thank God this will die down and he'll be over it in like a day or two. Well, two days pass and an Amazon box shows up addressed to my husband. And I'm like, did you order something from Amazon? And he said, no, did you? And I said, no. And we were like, maybe it's a late Christmas gift or a early Christmas gift or a late wedding gift. And he opens it up and there is a kazoo. And there's also a plastic didgeridoo. And something else. A harmonica. And then the next day we get another box. And Is there's there a train a no? whistle. Yes. No. No, there were no notes. And then the next day, a train whistle arrived. And the day after that, a recorder arrived. And anybody who has suffered through an elementary school recorder concert knows how obnoxious they are. And then a day went by with no box. And I was like, it's done. And then on the fifth day, (laughs) arrives a large box. Jesus rose. (laughs) And on the fifth day, the largest box yet came. And inside of the box was an accordion. And with the accordion came instructions on how to play Happy Birthday. The problem is, my husband is ADD and only got through before he got bored. So all he can play on the accordion is and it lasted for about a week, and I wanted to kill Blaze, but then it all sort of faded away, and the fun faded away. And then a week ago, somebody found the goddamn fucking accordion! And guess who remembered how to play the first bar of Happy Birthday? And this is why we need more patrons so Claire can have money to get said person back. <laughs> I'm about to start buying his wife all sorts of redskin shit just because I know it annoys him. Or I could just tell her about his, you know computer addiction but not that he's addicted to something on a computer but he's literally addicted to buying parts for his computer to make his computer ridiculously fast 